Al Berry, and Tim Parrish. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Puck Junk Podcast. I'm Sal Berry, and along with me is Tim Parrish, a.k.a. The Real DFG. And uh, today we're going to talk about hockey cards. We're going to talk about the 85-86 Tops and Opeachy hockey card sets. And we're also going to talk about some newer uh, releases that, that came out or are coming out. So, Tim, how are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? Um, I'm okay. You know, um, I... Uh, I've been uh, I've been getting back on the wagon with the Tops Now stickers. I still haven't pulled the trigger on a box of Tops hockey stickers for 2019-20. I was eyeing one online, and then the online retailer that had them sold out, and I was like, damn, because they had a good price on them. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy two boxes. Maybe I'll buy three boxes. And then they were sold out. And it's like, well, maybe I'll buy zero boxes. So I've been focusing on my tops now sticker set because i'd feel like a big dork if i only did like a third of the set and then i just stopped because that would be like every sticker album from my childhood except for like 88 89 panini that was like the only year and only set i ever completed but anything going back to the 80s including the masters of the universe movie the transformers movie and like tons of other sticker books that i bought in the 80s i never finished one yeah, I think I was in the same boat. I didn't. Most of mine were the baseball ones, though. Oh I yeah, never got done with the baseball ones. I would always finish the pirates page, but I never got the rest. So I've uh, I've been going on eBay and I've been picking up a lot of the the tops now stickers that I've missed, including some of the chase stickers. And yeah, I am actually sticking these in the books. I haven't stuck the chase stickers in yet. Maybe I'll do like super high res scans of them and then stick them in the book. Cause at the end of the day, I want to have a complete sticker album. And, uh, you know, if that means, Oh, this chase sticker is worth more. Well, whatever. I, I somebody's going to want to maybe buy it, but you know, I want to enjoy it at the same time. I don't want to like put it in, put them in pages and not put them in the book. If that yeah, makes that's sense. understandable. That makes perfect sense. Although at the same time, there's really no difference because the, the actual book doesn't have any context. There's like no words or text or anything. Cause obviously they printed the tops now hockey sticker albums at the beginning of the season. So they can't really describe what the stickers are about or put any stats or anything like that. Um, Cause they don't even know what they're coming out with. See, you know what I would do to improve on the Tops Now stickers? Hear me out on this. You'd get 18 stickers instead of nine. And one sticker would be the picture, and the other sticker would be the text that would be next to the picture describing, you know, Ovechkin breaking this record or Patrick Kane hitting his thousandth point or whatever. Instead of just like, here's a sticker with the name of the player and then like a little description of what happened, you know, in that game or whatever. Scores first NHL goal, scores thousandth NHL point, whatever. I would like make a second sticker that just had the text and gave more context, if, if that makes sense. Or they could just do like a highlight card and put it, write it actually on there. Like well, that's kind of what they're sticker. like. That's kind of like what they're like. But they don't they don't say that much. Like they just whatever's on the front. Oh, so you want like a full scale narrative of what's going on? Think of like okay, think of it this way. Imagine like a hockey uh, a sticker that is that you you could peel the front off and peel the back off. 
So like maybe you'd have like a two-sided sticker. So you'd have a backing, but you'd have on the front of the backing, you'd have like the full color photo. And then on the back of the backing, you'd have another sticker that you could peel off and then also stick in the album. And that would have like uh, the description of what, what happened. Hmm. I, I don't is is that even possible? Can you do a sticker on the back of a sticker? Well, I mean, as long as the backing, uh, it would have to be sides. like that double sided, glossy, exactly. like waxy finish. Exactly. Yeah. So I know that that's crazy talk. So, anyways, uh, this uh, this <laughs> week, uh, as of right now, uh, tops now week nineteen stickers are for sale. As are upper deck game dated moments uh, for week eighteen. But as we record this, neither of these have been revealed yet. Um, but they probably will by the time you listen to this. Tops now likes to dole out um, maybe one or two at a time. What's what's going to be in that particular pack? Because they're literally making it up as they go along. You know, because something big will happen and they'll be like, "Ooh, we need to put this in the stickers for this week." Whereas upper deck game dated moments. You know, when they feel like it on Friday, then they'll put up, you know, what the the three, the two to four new cards are for that week. Um, so th- those are out uh, now. And then also what came out earlier this week is something called Upper Deck Allure Hockey. Now, is this a cologne? And uh, is it, it like a unisex cologne or is it just for like overweight card collector guys who are smelly and they just kind of need a little t- t- to kind of, you know, freshen up before going back on the sales floor for seven hours they they originally were going to call it o de hockey glove but then they realized the lure was a better name for it it would be so. ew you de hockey glove no it was o o like o like a o, o. with a like o peachy oh okay so it's like oh okay because yeah o so stinky. so uh yeah there you go there you go yeah so today today um which would be the fifth uh, marked the release of Upper Deck Allure. And those of you out there that are listening and wondering what in the world is Allure, so are we, because this has never been released before. It's a brand spanking new set um, that Upper Deck's added to their lineup this year. Um, quite honestly, I don't know if we'll get it again, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so... Just real quick, the particulars on this. It's six cards per pack, eight packs a box. You get 20 bucks in a case. Um, a general base set uh, is actually about 135 cards with 100 base and 35 short prints. Um, so in a box, you're going to get one auto, a memorabilia card, and then one other additional one of each of those, uh, along with about eight inserts and five parallels. Um, so... And, oh, did I mention the autos are all sticker autos? Yeah, they are. Um, There's nothing on card. They're all stickers. I checked. Um, Yeah. Um, So anyway, like I was saying, there's 100 base cards here. Uh, They feature veterans and rookies kind of intermixed. And these are on foil. Shiny, shiny foil. Um, They look kind of cool. Yeah. they're very bright. They remind me sort of a prism a little bit. Uh, or maybe a couple of the various trilogy release, releases mm-hmm. over the years. Um, but this product is slammed with parallels. Oh. And not just color, but pattern designs as well. 
Um, so those of you that love putting together rainbows of your favorite player and teams, get ready for this gem of a color wheel. Are you ready? I'm ready. White rainbow. Okay. Red rainbow. Pewter, or as the or as the British call it, pooter. Pooter. Uh, orange slice, and not the pop that was made by Pepsi back in the eighties. Ugh. Uh, green quartz, steel, blue line, purple diamond, golden treasures, and of course the printing plates. Now wait, so, wait, was that a box of Lucky Charms? The marshmallows yeah, in them, or was that? You would think. Pewter horseshoes and purple sticks yeah. and Orange yellow puffs and yeah. blue lines and yep exactly and all of those are of course a lot of them are tiered and their number and everything else the golden treasures are one of ones the printing plates are of course one of ones and then as you go back back up they get uh, additionally but uh, as I mentioned already Sal your favorite thing since sliced bread yes I'm talking about short prints. Mixed into the base cards. Uh, um, so all of the high numbers are tiered. Um, so 1 through 100 are your base. Uh, the tiered cards, 101 through 110. You get one every 20 packs or so. 111 through 135 are one in eight packs. Um, and, of course, oh. those come in pink diamond and purple diamond versions. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's intermixed with veterans and 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 stuff like that. So, um, but a general base set you could say is a hundred cards, but they are still numbered one hundred one through one thirty five as so, well. So hold on, let me let me. So there's thirty five short prints, and one hundred one through what are numbered to how many? One hundred one through one thirty five. Okay. Uh, they're not they're not numbered, but they're. Uh, the first 10 come about one in 20 packs. Uh-huh. And the last um, 25 of them are one out of every eight packs. See, I wish they flip-flopped <laughs> that. Because at least one thing weird, I like... It? it is, because then it's like... One thing I like about Black Diamond, and I'm actually trying to... There's a couple of Black Diamond sets that I've been trying to put over, uh, put together over the years. Uh, one of them is 0708. And, uh, you know, as you know, with Black Diamond, you have your your base cards, you have your, uh, you know, your double diamond, your triple diamond, your quadruple diamond, right? So, right. like, at this point now, I have all the base cards, I have, like, all the double diamonds, a lot of the triple diamonds, so at least I have, like, one, one through whatever, you know what I mean? But to, like, make, like, cards 101 through 110, like, super short printed, and then make, like, 111 through 135 kind of, you know, short printed, but easier to come by, like, three times easier... I don't like that. I wish it was the other way around. You know, make make the make the the top ten draft picks or the top biggest guys, whatever. Put them as the last ten cards. That way, if I get to number one one hundred one through one twenty five and go, I'm done. I don't need the last ten cards instead of me having this you know this gaping hole in my collection. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I I understand that. I thought it was weird, and when I was reading about that, I had to read it like three times because I was like, this doesn't make any sense, but. Yeah, apparently that's that's how it's set up. So, so not um, this episode, but we'll try to get Upper Deck to comment on that. We've had some other people on the show in the past, and uh, maybe we'll have them on again soon, so we could uh, we could talk about that. Yeah, and I and I'm gonna have to if I can get a get my hands on a wrapper or a box where I can actually read the the printouts. It mm -hmm. looks like there's going to be 
or there is a retail version as well as a hobby version. So there are blasters available for this. Right. Um, but they're the $30 tier blasters, not the $20 ones. And you get one short so, print in every 14 blasters or whatever. Yeah, yeah uh. it could be, could be a little different. But uh, so as far as, you know, I did mention there are inserts in here. Um, they have top prospects inserts, which have, of course, different colors and styles. And there's autograph versions, which are sticker autos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a set called Iced Out, which initially I thought looked really cool when Upper Deck put the pictures out for these Mm -hmm. um, because I assumed they were kind of foily looking. Mm -hmm. Um, But now that it's been out for five minutes, the interwebs are loaded with them, and I I saw a couple of them, and it appears that unless the scans are bad that people are posting, that they don't appear to have that same kind of sheen to them. But Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure. So, Um, But... uh, Oh, and what every hockey card collector has been asking for 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 years. That's right. I'm talking about weather map themed cards. What? Um, I thought you were going to say gum. No, there's a set in there called Winter Storm Warning. And it has a picture of the player superimposed over a map of their city. And what appears to be like that hurricane storm front blip on top of their city. So it's like really dark red in the middle and it fades out into a more yellowish color as it gets further away from the same, from the center area. So yeah, those are interesting. I could, there's, I, I could see how you're impressed. There's <laughs> only one team that that would make sense for. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the, not rest... the hurricanes. No, the hurricanes. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, but maybe also the lightning. Yeah. You know. Well, there is one set in there that I do like. Uh, they're called Quartz, and they're die cuts, and they're autographs. And they okay. look really nice. But they're extremely tough to pull. It looked like the initial count on those was one out of every 300 packs for the Tier 1 levels, and one out of 1,500 for the Tier 2s. So those are going to be a much tougher pull, and if I'm going to get any of those, it's probably going to be... On the side, because I doubt I would pull one if I did open a box. So, any idea but, what a box is going for or going to go for? Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. About a about hundred bucks for forty-eight cards. Because you got uh, eight, eight. Is that what I it, said? Is it eight packs, six cards per pack? Eight packs, six cards per pack. Yeah. Six times eight is forty-eight. Thank you, second grade times tables. Yeah. So, um, all right, that sounds alluring. Yeah. Um, but yeah. uh. I Check mean, it yeah. out if it interests you. Uh, and then also, uh, so now coming up, we got a couple other things coming up. We got National Hockey Card Day coming up on Saturday, February 15th in both the United States and in Canada. Um, I got some card images. I think these these aren't like, this isn't like hush-hush. These have been out for a while, but I finally got my hands on all the images. So I'm just going to quickly just list off who's in each set. So for the uh, American set, we have Adam Fox of the New York Rangers. Capo Caco of the New York Rangers, Kale McCarr, Colorado Avalanche, Taro Hiros of uh, Detroit Red Wings, Cody Glass, Vegas Golden Knights, Joe Pavelski, Dallas Stars, Ryan Suter, Minnesota Wild, Ben Bishop, Dallas Stars, Zach Warinsky, Columbus Blue Jackets, Blake Wheeler, Winnipeg Jets, Keith Kachuk, Phoenix Coyotes, Tony Amante, New York Rangers, Chris Chelios, Montreal Canadiens, Pat LaFontaine, Buffalo Sabres, Mike Madano, Minnesota North Stars, making Madano face. And um, 
Jack Hughes. Oh, it's got him in a Minnesota uniform? Yeah, and he's making his Madonna face, you know, where he's kind of like, his mouth is open, but it's like, his mouth is open, but you can still see his upper teeth. He's kind of like, you know, like that. Like, yeah. um, And then uh, uh, Rookie Moments, Jack Hughes card. Now, that one's available if you make a $10 purchase. So those that's the American set. As far as the Canadian set, obviously, it has a different checklist. Uh, maybe some of the same players. Let's see. Nick Suzuki, Montreal Canadiens. Vili Hinola, Winnipeg Jets. Ryan Poling, Montreal Canadiens. Rasmus Sandin, Toronto Maple Leafs. Eric uh, Brandstrom, Ottawa Senators. Nathan McKinnon, Colorado Avalanche. Mark Shefferly, Winnipeg Jets. Connor Wait, McDavid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is Nathan McKinnon in that set? Canadian. He's a Canadian person. Yes, but they don't do that for the U.S. set. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah, because they do. They do like hometown heroes. So they'll do like Canadian guys or um, international guys who play on. Um, so here, American America's rookies like Capo Caco is obviously not American, but he's playing on an American team. So they put him in uh, the U.S. set. So right, do but like, there's uh, no Canadian teams in the U.S. set, correct? Uh, and there never has been. They're all U.S. based teams no, in the U.S. Blake, set. Blake Wheeler, Stars and Stripes, Winnipeg Jets captain. Is he in the Stars and Stripes? Oh, yeah, he's in this one. He's in the U.S. set, and in oh, Chris okay. Chelios, American Icons, but he's he's suited up as a Canadiens player. In uh, this set, in in the American set. All right, I take back all the bad things I said then. Now in the Canadian set. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Mark Shefferly, Connor McDavid as an NHL All-Star, Sean Monahan, Calgary Flames, Marc-Andre Fleury, Vegas Golden Knights, Grant Fuhrer, Edmonton Oilers, Lanny McDonald, Toronto Maple Leafs, Steve Eiserman, Detroit Red Wings, Phyllis Bezito, Boston Bruins, Joe Sackett, Quebec Nordiques, and then for a $10 purchase, you could get a Rookie Moments card of Quinn Hughes. So that's the 16 Canadian cards, the 16 American cards. There are also chase cards you could get including um, there's going to be mascot cards, there's going to be victory black rookies, and then there's always the odd long chance of getting an autographed card. So that'll be coming up uh, Saturday, February 15th, so not this upcoming weekend, the next weekend. Um, obviously, I'm excited. I've, I've liked this ever since uh, they started doing it nine years ago in the U.S., and, uh, it, you know, it's a set I like to put together. It's a small set. It's not too difficult to piece together, and it's something that I've uh, I've liked. Do you still try to get somebody from up north to send you? A, yeah, send usually you a I can. Usually I can complete two sets, and then I could swap one for a Canadian set, and that works really well. Um, as you know, there's a National Hockey Card Day Facebook group that's all about trading, not only like current sets and helping eat people. Uh, help each other complete their sets, but even like try to complete like older sets or swap older sets. So that's a, um, that's a good, uh, that, that's a good resource. I've actually traded with people on that in the past and it's, it's been pretty rewarding. I like trading, obviously, if I don't have to buy something on eBay, if I could just, you know, swap these cards, I don't need for these cards that I want. That's, that's always awesome. And plus you don't, necessarily want to go the route of buying these on ebay when they're free anyway <laughs> yeah you know i remember um the first year they had national hockey card day i visited like five or six different stores i think it was five stores one of them was closed even though they said they were going to be open when i got there they were closed and then i went there like two days later 
and they were open and the they were selling the sets and i looked at the guy and i said you weren't here on saturday and he's like oh yeah i'm sorry i couldn't make it in and my partner was supposed to be here and he had to close up shop early and i'm talking like two in the afternoon on a saturday and i looked at him and i said well okay now you're selling sets yeah they had to close down to bust open all the packs to make yeah so he gave me i don't remember if he just gave me a set or if he gave me a pack I mean, I wasn't going to make a big deal about it, but I was, I guess I kind of was, because it was just like, well, dude, I came here when you were doing the giveaway and you were closed. And now I come back like, because they were closed Sunday, because it was Sunday. And then I came back on Monday just because I was passing by again. And I'm like, well, I really want to check out this shop because, you know, you look in the window and you're like, oh, you know, oh, look at that. Look at that. That looks kind of cool. I can barely make out some of the cards in the case. That looks neat, you know, and then you, um, you end up, uh you know, going there and then trying to, to see what, uh, you know, to see what can be seen because you couldn't see it the first time because you're just kind of, you know, nose pressed against the glass. Like, what is that? That's something I don't have. I must have it. I know exactly what you're saying. So anyway, and then also coming out uh, a couple days after National Hockey Card Day is uh, Upper Deck Series 2 Hockey. And that'll be out February 19th. Now, I'm surprised that they didn't time that to coincide with National Hockey Card Day because they want you to make a purchase, a $10 purchase of upper deck cards to get that 16th card. And then some stores even will incentivize and they'll be like, well, if you buy a box of whatever, we'll throw in 10 of the free packs. You know what I mean? I know some of the shops in Canada will do this sort of thing where they'll just kind of like, you know, they'll make it so that you can get more than one pack, but you got to buy stuff. But they're pretty, the ones that I've spoken to anyways, they're pretty generous with them. You know, I mean, they'll give out hundreds of packs in the weekend because they'll get lots of people uh, to come into the store. Now, in the U.S., not as crowded, obviously, um, but I'm just surprised because I don't like it when I go into a store. You know, there's a card shop by my house. Good guy. I go in there from time to time. And... I'll say, well, what hockey cards do you have? And he'll just be like, oh, I just have Upper Deck Series 1. And maybe, like, he'll have, like, he'll have, like, maybe Opeechee or he'll have, like, MVP. And I'll just be like, oh, you don't have anything newer? And he's like, no, it's not it's not out yet, you know? So then it's like, well, I guess I'll buy some MVP to get the $10, you know? And actually, the guy just gave me a couple of the incentive cards. He goes, look, I don't want you to buy packs you don't want. And I'm like, well, I appreciate that. But sometimes I'll just be like, yeah, I'll buy a couple packs of Upper Deck Series 2 or whatever, you know? And, and you know, because I'm all about, like, you know, hey, I got to buy something to get this card. I'm all for that, you know, helping out the dealer, making a purchase, you know, stimulating the economy of cards, you know? So I'm, I'm surprised that Series 2 isn't out, like, in time for... National Hockey Card Day. Yeah, I guess it was the timing would have been would have made more sense the other way around, but eh, they can always buy a lure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I guess that would be what about ten dollars, <laughs> maybe fifteen dollars for a pack, or if it's a hundred dollars a box, probably be like twelve dollars a pack or fifteen yeah. a pack. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure. I'm sure there'll be some there'll be some dealers that'll have the retail boxes selling those, but uh, yeah. So series two is about ready to come out. Eight cards a pack, twenty four packs in a box. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Why? 
well, not only is my still, despite the recent onslaught by Quinn Hughes, my still pick for the Calder Kale McCarr is included in their Young Guns Mm -hmm. in Series 2. But also, it's got John Marino and Sam Lafferty in there as well. Uh Two two of the Penguins rookies. Uh So that's kind of cool. But uh, we also get both Cacos. We get Capo Caco and Caco Kakinen um, are both in there. Uh, Nick Suzuki's in there. Philip Sedina. Kirby Doc is in there. Um, Nikolai Prokorkin from the Kings is in there. And of course, Elvis is in the building. With All right. Elvis Merzlikens. So he is killing it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he is. is killing it. That's going to be a hot card when, once that hits. But, uh, wow. If I was a uh, Junus Corpus all, I'd be a little worried right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not often that rookies are able to come in and just jump right in and do what they do. But when it happens, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Ed Belfort, Tom Barrasso, Matt Murray. Yeah, strange. You named a couple of penguins in there, but uh, I digress. Um, yeah, so it looks like on Series 2 they did the same thing that they did to Series 1. Um, so the, the previous years where there was a hit in each box, there isn't. They're a there little wider. No, they're a little wider stretched. You may get one. You may get a, a jersey card. Uh, but it's not guaranteed. Um, so all the same parallels that were in Series 1 are in Series 2, it looks like, um, as well as our favorite photo variant um, yes. parallels that are practically impossible to find. And if you do find them, you probably don't realize it. Yeah. Um, there's no checklist on those yet that I found, so I don't I don't really know who's who's what. But canvases are back, as well as the really in my opinion, dumb portrait set that mm-hmm. I've, I've burned out on and I'm sick of because, uh, you know, since it's, since it's series two, the veterans were in series one, the series two portraits are the rookies. You know, I wasn't a real big fan of these. They've worn out their welcome. I think, mm-hmm. um, probably cause the checklists are so big for these. There's so many cards. They're not really interesting. And, this year's, if you've seen the design of them, in case you haven't seen them, they look like every one of my Olin Mills portraits from 1981 through 1986. So, no, I've seen them actually. Uh, Jim Howard, one of our writers on Puck Junk, he did a uh, he did his uh, uh, semi annual best of the worst for 2019-20 Upper Deck Series one, and he just blasted a bunch of the portraits yeah. uh, cards because he just said exactly what you said. This looks like a a Sears portrait from 1986. And then he even included his Sears portrait from like 1986 or whatever. Well, I'm going with Olin Mills only because in the bottom corner where they put their print, it was Mm -hmm. gold embossed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a card would have the gold embossing on their thing. That was, it was a stretch, but whatever. Um, The fluorescents are back. Those are kind of cool inserts. Um, those remind me of like the old precious metal gems from metal universe. Remind me about the fluorescence. What were these again? Uh, fluorescence are, it's just an insert set and they're like all one crazy color with the player focused on it. And it says fluorescent at the bottom. And there's, uh, I think they're tiered colored parallels of each one. So they've been around for a few years now. You have to you have to check them out if you haven't seen any of them. Um, but uh, 
the Blues get their day with the cup. So those are always in series two is the Stanley Cup champion day with the cup cards are mm-hmm. in there. So the Blues are in there. One out about every thousand packs or so. So good luck on, on hitting those. But uh, And the Opeachy update cards are always in series two as well. So you'll get about five of those in a box with another two of them being retros. And I think there's usually a parallel of mm-hmm. something like a blue foil or a black foil or something of that nature. So, so it's kind of a, it's a typical release. There's, I don't think there's any real super surprises in there other than maybe some unannounced things that upper deck tends to do, but we won't know what those are until stuff starts hitting the street. Yeah. I'd like it if they, uh, I think was it last year they brought back Fanimation. Yeah. But Man, are those were those hard to find? I know, but I've only ever seen a couple. Yeah, and I've only ever seen a a couple actually, like for real that people had, and Mm -hmm. they they were trying to. I think there was a Ryan O'Reilly one. Somebody wanted seventy bucks for. I'm thinking what? So, I don't know. There, that was those were a tough pull. You know, it's funny as you mentioned Day with the Cup and many years ago. So this would have been eleven twelve because it was a Day with the Cup. Zidane Chara Boston Bruins card that I pulled and I did my box break and I, uh, you know, scanned it and I, you know, all the inserts and whatnot. And then like I went to bed, but before I went to bed that night, I listed it on eBay and I put it at like a buy it now of $75. And I woke up and like that morning and it was like, congratulations, you've been paid for this item, bought with Buy It Now. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. It just sold, like, immediately. And what's funny is that people will, like, find my box break, like, doing a Google search. And they'll email me and be like, do you still have that Zidane Chara Day with the Cup card? And I'll be like, no, sorry, man. I sold it, like, in 2011 or 2012. You know, I just, I got rid of it right away. And, um, and, uh. That was, uh, you know, that was a nice pull, obviously. I didn't know how rare they were. I'm not like, oh, I should have sold it for more. You know, I sold it for what I wanted for it, and I'm happy, you know. And it went to somebody who wanted it. Uh, but, I, yeah, I at the time, like, because I looked on eBay, and I'm like, oh, yeah, these go for a lot of money. I should put this up for this much. And then I went to bed, and like I said, I got up the next morning, and it wasn't even up for a full day, and it, it had sold. Uh, I think you were there for my Day with the Cup story. Which was also Boston Bruins. It was at, were we at the National or were we at, it must have been one of the shows, one of the one Suntime of the, shows. Yeah, one of the Suntime shows, shows whatever. And Mounted Memories, whatever it's called now. Yeah, so we're, we were at one of the dealer tables and there, were, there was a box of, like a 3,500 count box of random hockey cards. And nothing was priced. Like everything had stickers or at least it was tiered. Nothing in this box was priced. And I'm like, how much are the hockey cards? And the guy's like, oh, you'll have to show me. I'm like, show you what? You want me to go through every single one of these and pick out each one? He's like, oh, I'll just find a couple and just, you know, I'll just give you an idea of what they're worth. So as I started flipping through, um, I found the, uh, I found one. Boston uh, day with the cup. It was uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Patrice Bergeron? No, it was Adam. 
Uh, God, I can't think of his name. He's not. He's not on Boston anymore. I don't think. Um, God, it escapes me, and I'm, I'm not going to think of it. But okay. I, the, so I I pulled that out. I I look at it. I was like, oh, that's a day with the cup card. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in a sleeve. It wasn't in anything. So I held it up to him. He's like, eh, buck. I'm like, okay, this goes in the buck pile. All <laughs> right. That as I, the more I flipped through, I found another one, and it was Cam Neely. And wow. standing there in his weird-looking shorts that he's got on next to the cup, and I held that one up, and I'm like, how much? He's like, eh, buck. I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> so I was able to get two of them for a buck each, and I sold the the one for $30, and I sold the other one for 80 was it Adam McQuaid? Adam McQuaid, yes. Was that the one you got 30 for? Yeah, I got 30 for the McQuaid and 80 for the uh, um, the other one for mm-hmm. the Cam Neely. So, yeah, if you find those, they're they're pretty good. So, good um, oh yeah, sorry. I oh, was gonna good. I was gonna say uh, yeah. So that's always fun. You know, Upper Deck is uh, Series One, Series Two is always the uh, set that. The one set that I've consistently bought since getting back into collecting, 0506, I kind of got into coll- back into collecting at the end of the season, so I didn't really collect Upper Deck that year. But 0607, 0708, and forward, I would buy packs and boxes and 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 try to put together sets. Um, so yeah, so that's the one set that I've I always come back to, even even more so than OPG. Um, and you know. Um, most <clears> hockey <throat> collectors do. What's that? And most hockey collectors do as well. Oh, yeah. But even like the more casual people or like the invested minded people, they'll always be like, young guns, young guns, young guns, young guns hold their value, you know? And it's just like. Yeah, that's the one thing that gets non hockey collectors to cross over is, is always the young guns because there aren't many other products in other sports where the base rookies have values that are in the double and sometimes triple digits. Right. Right. Yeah. You won't find another product like that. Yeah. No. Cause I even remember like somebody had like a Nikita Kucherov rookie, a young guns rookie card. And I don't think the guy was necessarily like a hockey guy or maybe he was, I don't remember. But all I know is I just looked and I was just like, I, I asked him how much it was. It was like way too much. And I just said something. He's like, oh, are you interested? And I'm like, well, maybe. I said, I try to get all the young guns from every year. And he's like, yeah, a lot of people like to collect these. And it's like, yeah, no shit. You know, like, oh, oh, really? People like to collect young guns? Lots of people like to collect them? I guess that's why you're gouging for uh, Nikita Kucherov, you know, young guns rookie card. Like, oh, tell me more. How many people like to collect them? Do they slab them? Do they put them in pages? Do they put them in their bike spokes? You know, explain to me how how popular these cards are. I mean, I'm in a fucking hockey jersey. Pardon my language. I shouldn't swear. But it's just like, yes, tell me, you know, oh, yeah, these are popular. They'll be worth money someday. Did you say that all to him before or after you put the plastic back down on top of the cards? No, 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 no. It was... It was not that man. Uh, I know. I was just joking. Because that man does not deal in anything past 1974. Yeah, I know. Which I was just making a. I was making my joke. Yeah, I get it. You know. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about vintage, because um, you know when I was uh, getting caught up on my um, tops now stickers, uh, one of the chase stickers that I I just recently purchased. Um, it's a Jack Hughes 
Chase sticker, and it's designed to look like an 85-86 Topps card. And many, many, many podcasts ago when we started this show back in 2015, uh, we did an episode about 84-85 Topps and OPG. So it seemed only appropriate to do an episode now about 85-86 Topps and OPG. So, um, you know, obviously that's the Lemieux rookie year set. I think if you say 85-86 Topps or 85-86 OPG, that's the first card people think of is, is number nine, the Mario Lemieux rookie card. Um, so, oh, Mario Lemieux. Okay. What did I say? Oh, no, that, that is what you said. Oh, did you thought I say something different? No, I thought you were referring to Claude Lemieux. Oh no, he's eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Or Jocelyn Lemieux. He's ninety, ninety-one. <laughs> um, yeah. and then um, so anyway, so so Topps. So this was Topps' second hockey card set after their two-year hiatus in eighty-two, eighty-three, and eighty-three, eighty-four. They came back in eighty-four, eighty-five with um, a hundred and sixty-five card set. That same year, OPG put out a 396-card set. That is, like, my favorite set of the 80s. I mean, I may be more nostalgic about 88, 89, but 84, 85, I love that set because you have action pictures, like, actual game action pictures. I mean, if you look at most of those cards, they're skating, they're fighting for the puck, they're doing things, they're making plays. That You could tell that the photos are more intense. And then there's a headshot in the corner. 85, 86, it was kind of like Tops and Opeachy said, ah, screw those action pictures. You know what people want pictures of? Guys in the warm-up. The backup goalie skating around with a towel on his neck. Or the starting goalie, like, just kind of standing there waiting for something to happen. That's what 85, 86 is. It's it's mostly warm-up shots. Not very game action oriented, so it's. I think it's it's definitely a letdown when you compare it to the the season before. Oh, and obviously no little headshot. Right, you had to see something like that coming, though. I mean, with all the design patterns of cards, um, and how 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 kind of elaborate they were getting. This was like the cool off period where they went, eh, we don't need all that. We're just gonna make a base basic kind of general design with lots of white space and just do a generic photo. I don't mind the white space. I just don't like the fact that the, the photos are not interesting. Like I looked through 84, 85 and to me, the, the photos are interesting. I mean, um, you know, I, I could, I could just, you know, a lot of the, 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 the pictures that they use are just so action oriented and exciting. And, and then this year, not so much. So just to give a little bit of basics, though. So uh, tops, only 165 cards. 99 are double prints and 66 are single prints. There are also 16 box bottom cards. There's 33 stickers, uh, 12 all-stars, and 21 team uh, team logos. The key rookie cards in the top set are Mario Lemieux, Kevin Deneen, Kirk Muller, Ed Olchek, Kelly Rudy, and Thomas Sandstrom. A pack has 12 cards, one sticker, and one stick of gum. Now, the Opeachy set, on the other hand, um, it had 264 cards, which was about 99 cards, or exactly 99 cards more than the top set. But it was a 33% reduction from the previous year, where it was 396 cards, so they downsized 
to 264 cards. There's also 16 box bottom cards. And what else is interesting is that the OPG packs actually included the same stickers that were found in the Pops pack. So the, the 12 All-Star stickers plus the 21 team logos. Exact same ones from what I can tell. Same Tops chewing gum copyright on the back of each card, of, of each sticker. And the key uh, rookie cards going to be the same as before. Mario Lemieux, Kevin Deneen, Kirk Muller, Ed Olchek, Kelly Rudy, Thomas Sandstrom. But then also in the set, um, Al McInnes, his rookie card is in the set. And though not a Hall of Famer, still a fan favorite, Ally Afraidy. So two uh, two Al's with uh, booming slap shots um, <laughs> have rookie cards in that set. Um, and then for OPG, a pack had 10 cards, one sticker, and also one stick of gum. So that's the that's just the, the lowdown on those cards. And don't forget, the OPG set had the rookie card of president of hockey operations in Vegas, George McPhee. Yes, it did. You're right. So. Um, He's he's in that set. So um, a couple of things I want to I want to talk I, I want to talk, talk about uh, a few things. Like I remember the first time I saw these cards, there was this kid that I used to trade cards with. He lived a block away from me. His name was Greg. We actually were in hockey, uh, not hockey. Excuse me. We were um, we did ice skating lessons at the same time. Summer of '89, my mom put me into ice skating lessons. And I met this kid, and he was also in ice skating lessons, and we were like the same age. We went to different schools, but we were around the same age. And it's like, oh, dude, you live a block away from me. We should hang out. You collect cards. You play video games. Awesome. So he had a bunch of 85, 86 tops cards. Like, well, not a bunch, maybe like 20 or whatever. And he traded them to me for like newer cards for whatever reason. He just wasn't interested. But I remember there were like three cards that I really had to pay through the nose for. One was uh, Ed Olchek's rookie card. One was uh, Greg Stefan card. And one was a Thomas Sandstrom rookie card. And when I say pay through the nose, the princely sum I paid for those two cards. Because everything else I probably did one for one. Like, oh, okay, I'll give you one card for this one card, whatever, right? Uh, For those two cards, I had to pony up to an open pack of 89 tops baseball. Retail value, $1. You got hosed on that one. Did I? I don't know. I got a Thomas Sandstrom rookie, an Ed Olchek rookie, and I think, no, it's not Greg Stefan's rookie card, but, you know, I just, I didn't know where I was going to find 85, 86 tops cards. You know what I mean? I mean, they just, I couldn't find hockey cards anywhere except one card store that was a pain to get to, and they only had packs of, like, the newer cards, like 88, 89, and maybe 87, 88, but they didn't have anything before that. And so... There could have been a Randy Johnson rookie card in in one of those packs. Well, he opened the packs. He opened the packs, and one was like a Ricky Jordan rookie card, and at the time, Ricky Jordan was a $1.75 according... Yeah, I think... From the Phillies? Yeah, from the Phillies. You know the card. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then he's kind of gloating, like, oh, cool, I pulled this card and it's worth way more than that Thomas Sandstrom and that Ed Olchek. But, you know, now, I mean, you could get a full set of tops, 89 tops baseball for like eight bucks. So I think I did okay. I mean, a Thomas Sandstrom rookie card is maybe 50 cents in anywhere except New York and maybe a dollar in like New York or Los Angeles. Same with an Olchek rookie probably a dollar or two in Chicago and a nickel card everywhere else. 
What what's he wearing in that one? A Jets uniform? Who? Old Chuck. Or is he on Chicago? Are you fucking are you screwing with me, man? He's in the um he's in a uh a, a Blackhawks jersey. Oh, uh, that's airbrushed. <laughs> no, so um you know what always intrigued me about Old Chuck is he was traded to Toronto in 87-88, right before the season. I got into hockey in 88-89, but I remember people were still talking about Ed Olchek because he was a third overall pick in 84-85. Um, he was um, a Chicago native. He was an Olympian at age 16. So he just sounded like this really epic dude, like, oh, Chicago-born player, played on the Blackhawks, played on the Olympics, and, like, he's with Toronto or with Winnipeg. Like he eventually ended his career with the Blackhawks, but he, uh, you know, it was kind of like he was a player. I kind of wish I watched back in those mid eighties when he was with the team. I know I would have loved him then. You know, I love him now as an announcer, but you know, it was just kind of funny to see him go from team to team. And I'd always kind of wish that he'd come back to Chicago and eventually he did. But, uh, you know, so I was a fan of his, even though I didn't see him play for the Blackhawks. I saw him play for the Penguins, and then I also witnessed him try to coach them too. Mm. So that didn't, well, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> I think you know what though. Everything, every one door closes, another one opens. I mean, he is NBC's go-to announcer for hockey. It's and him, the Kentucky Derby. And the Kentucky Derby. You know what? We actually had the Kentucky Derby on. And I was just like, hey, Olchek's on. All right, let's turn it up. I mean, I don't care about horse racing, but if Eddie Olchek is talking about something, I'm listening to it, you know? He knows so much about horses, horse racing, you know, the whole sport of it and raising horses and and betting. And I mean, he knows a lot. He does. He does. And so... um. So he's like their go-to. Like if you think of like uh, NBC Sports, they're doing their Sunday game. You know, who do you want the announcers to be? You want it to be Doc Emmerich and Eddie Olchek, right? I not Pierre Maguire. That's all I care about. Well, you know, Pierre's kind of there or not there. It's either going to be Pierre Maguire or Brian Boucher, right? Be, behind the glass, right? Or between the benches or whatever. That's what I have noticed lately. There's been less Pierre and more Brian. Yeah, there's still zero Ronick, zero percent Ronick. Yeah, I don't know when that's ever going to get resolved, if ever. I don't know, but um, so uh, yeah, so Olchek is like, you know, when he's doing, you know, and I'm like, or you know, if it's it's if it's the B team, then it's like, you know, what Kenny Albert and I guess Brian Boucher, it's the color guy, but I like Boucher, so I can't really complain about him. I think the last two times I've seen Kenny Albert, he's been paired up with uh, uh, Milbury. So, oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. At that point, I could just mute it and put it on techno music, and it would be better. <laughs> and I like techno music, but not when I'm watching hockey. I want to, like, know what's going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. He leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. Well, I don't mind Milbury. Apparently he's a nice guy, but I don't know. Milks? He just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. No, oh, I I, lo- I love Milbury. Don't get me wrong. I like him as a studio analyst. I I want him at the desk during intermission. I kind of want him in small doses, like you know, like an antibiotic. You need a lot of it at once, 
and not just a little over a sustained period of time, right? So I like him during intermission. I liked it when he and Ronick would verbally spar. Um, when it's Milbury and Keith Jones, Keith Jones just agrees with everything Milbury says, and that's not very interesting. You know, now you have Patrick Sharp in the studio, and I think he he and Jones, I think, have a, a good rapport, and I like listening to them. I think Sharpie's still too new that he's afraid to get into it with anybody. Well, and you know what's funny is that, like, being in Chicago, so what's funny is that because I'm in Chicago, like, one day I'll watch a local Blackhawks broadcast and Ed Olchek will be doing color. And then the next day I could just be watching like the Penguins versus the Capitals on NBCSN and Olchek will be doing the color. You know what I mean? And like right. the next day I could be watching like a game, a Chicago Blackhawks game. And in the studio, Patrick Sharp will be in the studio and then they'll do an NBCSN game and Patrick Sharp will be in that studio. So it's kind of cool to see like the Chicago guys like are also like, Sometimes the national announcers. I, I like that. I kind of feel proud about that. And I've noticed over the last few years they do that. They do that a lot. They recycle guys from that are on the payroll on teams, but then those mm-hmm. guys also do other things for other uh, sports networks, or they'll they'll guest do guest analysis for for national broadcasts, and so it, it's interesting to see that dynamic and how it goes around. It's a competitive field, so you want to take all you can get when you can get it. Well, and most of the guys that they bounce around from, I mean, they're no slouches. They know what they're no. talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, so yes. So, the Eddie Olchek rookie card, that was like a big deal uh, to me when uh, I got my hands on one. Now, what's funny about the 85-86 Tops and OPG sets is that I didn't have those sets for many years. Like 84, 85 tops, I was able to buy from a mail order catalog for like $7 or something. Like, and that set is so easy to find. And even 84, 85 OPG, I think I bought that for like 100 bucks back in like 2002 or something, or maybe even less than that. And that's pretty easy to find. 85, 86, they cut back the production numbers a bit. So I didn't actually get these sets complete until the 2010s what's funny about the um the top set is that i remember my girlfriend's mom gave me 50 bucks for christmas and you know is it a card and it was a 50 brand new crisp 50 dollar bill for those of you who remember the bozo show and um i looked at her and i said cool i'm gonna pay my electric bill with this and she's like don't you dare don't you dare you buy something fun with that so, like, a day or two later, I'm at a card show, and this guy had a complete set of 85, 86 tops hockey cards. And I Which said, how much? you in it? it? Okay, so I'm getting to that part. And I oh. said to him, how much is that set? He goes, you know what? He goes, the Lemieux is not in great shape. Like, he's like, the Lemieux was, like, really off-center or something. He said, I bought a box or two. I built a set for myself. These are the extras. The Lemieux's not great. Everything else is fine. How does 50 bucks sound? I'm like, sold. I gave him the crisp, brand new $50 bill. I had the set. I looked at the Lemieux, and I said, nah, it's it's okay. But I had a better one, because I had, like, six or seven Lemieux rookie cards. So I just took one and, like, just put that one in the, in the pocket, because I'm one of these anarchists who will put a $100 card in a nine-pocket page, because... I like to look at my cards. I like them to be 
in a book. I like them to be in pages. I like to page through them. That's I know that's crazy, but you know, I don't want to have this PSA 10 Lemieux and I'm going through my book and oh wait a minute, hold on. I need to get up and go in the other room and rifle through this box and find the one card because I want to look at it while I'm looking at my set, you know. Now I'm not saying I wouldn't want a PSA 10 Lemieux. And that's probably what, like a nine thousand dollar card or something. But oh, uh, it's funny. It's funny you said that because I was going to bring that up in a in a minute. But go ahead, finish your story. Oh uh, no! So that was it. So I ended up with that uh, with that set, uh, and that's how I got the top set, the Opeachy set. You'll remember. You remember when I got that one? Yeah, dude, that was such a. I'm going to share this story with with the uh, with the the four of you who are listening to this podcast. Um, actually, oh, no, it's only are, three now. Yeah, no, I've just I've just angered somebody. I said the f bomb one and a half times. Um, no, actually, our our listenership has been up, so thank you for listening. Um, but we were at one of these big shows in Chicago. They'll have the national every other summer in Chicago, but they'll also have a pretty big show in November and in March. And I want to say it was in November. There was this dude walking around, like these two dudes. They look kind of like. You know how you have your skeezy card dealers? These guys look even skeezier than your card dealers. I mean, they were like kind of like, I don't know, not shady, but you know, they'll 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 sell you that for a dollar, you know, those kinds of guys, right? So, they're pulling around this pallet, like this flat cart, you know, like you'd go to Home Depot and you'd throw a bunch of lumber on this cart and you'd roll it around. They have like a cart like that and it's just full of binders, just stacked with binders and he sees me in a hawks jersey and he goes hey do you like hockey i'm like yeah he's like are you interested in some hockey card sets i'm like what do you got he's like i got an 85 86 opichi set i'm like tell me more we went over to this table now you were there and justin was there if i remember correctly yep and so this guy starts pulling these books out and i'm like oh i have this one i have an 82 83 i have an 83 so he Passes me an 8586, uh, a binder with 8586 Opeachy, another binder with 8081 Opeachy, another binder with 7374 Opeachy, and another binder with 7475 Opeachy. These cards were beauty. They were like near mint to mint. They were just in gorgeous shape. And I remember you and Justin helped me go through the binders you guys like looked through all the pages you know because i wanted to wrap this up i didn't want to spend like you know i wanted to look at the cards but you guys were very helpful with that where you looked through it and you know made sure that none of the cards had any big flaws which they didn't and that all the cards were there and so i ended up buying all four sets and i'm almost embarrassed to say this because you know now me being a broke teacher But like back in the day, I had, you know, I was working a lot more. I I had more disposable income and I spent $700. I want to say I gave them like $710. I don't know if it was $700 or $710. And I like literally like not only did I empty out my wallet, but I went to the ATM and I was able to pull out $300 more. And I told him, I said, dude, I literally have $710. I'll give you $700. Let me just go home with a couple of bucks so I could tell my girlfriend that I didn't spend all my money. And she didn't know how much I spent. But if you think about it, that means I got each set for less than 200 bucks, which I would say is pretty good, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was a heck of a deal. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a I mean, heck yeah, of a deal. Yeah, that's not our, you know, we're not, we're not the high rollers that are, uh, you know, dropping, you know, Benjamins on on suitcases full of PSA 10 whatevers, you know, that's not our, 
that's generally not within our wheelhouse. But when something like that comes along, you know, six, seven, eight hundred bucks for exactly what you got, that's not, I mean, that's not crazy. Four sets really in do. pristine condition. Um, yeah, because with... if I remember correctly, those were, there were very, very few cards that looked anything other than near mint to mint and very few that were even off center that were yeah. noticeable yeah it was so. and and the thing is is like if you think about it like if somebody just said hey tim i'll give you this 85 86 opg set with lemieux for 175 bucks you'd probably say yeah uh if, pretty much yeah or 73 74 opg set complete you'd be like yeah okay you know so yeah. Any 70s OPG set complete, I'd be like, okay, deal. Yeah, 175, you know, especially, yeah, I mean, so that that was that was how I ended up with the OPG set, and that took me many years to get, because it just seemed like one of those sets I would never get, and then, you know, like like you said, you just have to know when, um, you know, when something comes along like that, you have to pull the trigger. Yeah. If you see something rare, the time so, to get it is now. You know, I was when I was paging through the set, there were a couple other cards that I thought were interesting. One is a Red Wing named Bob Mano. And on the tops card, well, on his OPG card also, his position is listed as left wing slash defense. And I'm thinking, man, if your own hockey card lists you as a left wing slash defenseman, what what message does that send to you as a collector or as a kid buying cards? Um. Well, right off the bat, it's fourth liner. Yeah, it's like wow, <laughs> this guy doesn't really fit in because it's like, ah, oh, 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 yeah, go, go play defense this game, right? Like, go, 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 go play defense, right? Like, I mean, John Scott I guess, was a de- defenseman. I, I, I guess in '85 he would have been a third liner, maybe not maybe. fourth liner. But like John but. Scott played left wing because his coaches didn't have confidence. Uh, in having him on defense, but he was a defenseman by trade. That was his position in, in, in college. And so, you know, but they, they saw him as too much of a liability on defense. So they put him at wing, you know, left wing. So I, I saw this tops card of Bob Mano. And the reason why that name sticks out to me is because, um, as you know, I'm mildly obsessed with the 92 winter Olympic hockey team that had like Ray LeBlanc and, and Steve Hines and, Keith Kachuk and Sean McEachran and Dave Emma and um, uh, so many guys on that team who went on to NHL careers, uh, you know, Ted Donato and um, uh, Clark Donatelli and, um, uh, you know, uh, Scott Gordon and um, I'm sorry, was it Scott Gordon? I believe it was Scott Gordon as one of the goalies, although I don't think he played. Um, but anyway, um so uh, Bob Mano was actually on the Italian Olympic team that year in 92. Now, his Opeachy card, because you know how Opeachy cards, they came out later, so they changed the logo and they put like now with penguins, right? now with kings, now with maple leafs. So the bottom of Bob Mano's card says free agent now playing with team in Italy. Okay. So by 85-86, he went to Italy. He eventually 
ended up marrying a woman from Italy, and that was good enough to give him Italian citizenship to play for the 92 Italian Olympic team. I just thought that was interesting because I know that name from the 92 Olympics, you know, because every now and then if they played, you know, if I was watching the Olympics and there was a guy who was like a former NHLer, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he used to play in the NHL, you know, or whatever. You know, Boreas Selming of, of Team Sweden, obviously, was in the NHL for a long time, and he was on the 92 Swedish team. Boy, everybody knows more about Bob Mano now than I think Bob Mano knows about himself. So that's one <laughs> card that's interesting, um, because just that little that little bit of trivia on the bottom, I like that, you know. And then the other one that's interesting uh, for a very uh, sad reason is the Pelly Lindbergh card, because yeah, the eighty five. Been... Go ahead. He, I was going to say he had been killed. He the, was driving uh... drunk and he crashed and yeah. he died, and you know it was obviously a, a, a big tragedy because. I mean, he was a standout goalie for Sweden in the 1980 Olympics, and then he was doing very well with the Flyers. I mean, he would have probably been a superstar into the 90s. Um, and so his tops card is just a tops card. I mean, it has, has a picture of him standing in net, you know, waiting for, I guess, the puck to drop or whatever. Um, but the OPG card is has a black stripe at the bottom that says 1959 to 1985. So at the front of the card acknowledges his death, um, you know, by putting that death year on it, you know, in black. So we get it. And then the back doesn't actually, I mean, it would be kind of sad if the back said anything, but it's actually kind of sad because the, the little blip on the back actually still talks about him as if he's alive. It says Pele was a member of the 1980 uh, Swedish Olympic team. He was named to the NHL All Rookie Team for 1982-83 season. You know, so it's it's his last card from his career, and um, yeah, it's it's just you know one of the few times where you had like a, a commemorative card like that. I mean, another one that comes to mind is the the Terry Sawchuck card that just had his head superimposed over just kind of this gray background, and I want to say that was. Um, 7071 OPG. And if you remember, those all had like really bright poppy backgrounds, like bright green and bright blue and bright yellow. You know the set I'm talking about? Yeah. And then Sawchuck's card is just like gray. Yeah. You know, and so this Lindbergh card stands out because like you're like, hey, what's that? Oh, yeah. So that's yeah, interesting. The, the tops and the OPG, they both use the same picture. It's yes. just because the OPGs came out later. They were able to slap that extra graphic on there with the, with the date on it. Because I know when you when you see that card, a lot of times it'll get labeled as tribute, like in, like is the tribute card, even though it's technically not really any different. But a lot of times when you see it on a checklist, it'll call it a tribute. Yeah, the Opeachy one I would say is a tribute card because yeah. it at least it, it has. So that's what I meant, not the yeah. tops one. No, 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 no. I mean, other than that, the backs are the same. They say the same thing. They're the same number in the set. That's the only difference, right? It's just that little strip on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, and yeah, everything else is just like a standard OPG card. Yeah. So, I don't mind the design, the little kind of lump with the logo in the corner. I guess it's interesting that they they either put the logo in the left corner or the right corner, depending 
where, you know, which way the player's facing or what side of the photo has more space to, to put it. Yeah. I, um, you, you know, what's funny though. Do you remember, um, I, I know you said you don't have a complete set of 85, 86 tops. You remember when you followed my bad advice? Yeah. And I picked up, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a box that, uh, that appeared to be at least the majority of a, of a set. Um, it turned out after pulled it and started going through it, I think it was probably a vendor box because not only were there doubles and triples of most of the cards, there were six or seven or eight of of each one that was in there. I think there were eleven Ed Olchek yeah, cards that um, you so generously sold me for like a nickel each or something. You were just yeah. like, I don't want these. I just need one. And <laughs> yeah, uh, there were so many doubles in in there. So, well, that's. I mean, such... I was able to knock off some of the list, but. Well, that's yeah. the frustrating thing though about this set at eighty four eighty five is that when you have 99 double printed cards and 66 single printed cards, it means that like it's going to be way harder for you to track down those 66 single prints, you know? And so that's why, you know, I think it was like a box of like, it was something like we were at a show and this guy just had this like box of like 85, 86 tops. It was like 300 random cards from 85, 86 tops, obviously no Lemieux rookie card, but I said to Tim, I said, hey, man, it's like 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. It was probably like $20. Think, no, I think it was 10 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, I don't feel yeah. so bad. You were like, are you collecting this set? I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to put it together. And you're like, and oh, like it's, it's only like 10 bucks. It's like, all right, fine. But did you really need 14 <laughs> Phil Russell cards? And yeah, even if it's 300 cards, when 11 of them are Eddie Olchek and 14 of them are Phil Russell, and, you know, there's... Yeah, but I now have 12 Warren Youngs and 13 Doug Bodgers. So, I mean... Hey, that's Doug Doug Bodgers' rookie card. It is. It's Warren Young's rookie card, too. Yeah, Warren Young. So, Uh but yeah, I mean, mean, it's it's no big deal. But you're also the reason why I I have at least one of my Lemieux rookies, too. Oh, yeah, because you traded me that Walter Payton card. I did. Yeah. I did. So, you know, know, that Lemieux card, that's probably one of the most sought after cards of the 1980s. I mean, other than the Gretzky rookie, Mm -hmm. and especially the Opeachy version, and I guess double, especially if it's in good condition. Because if you look at, if you look at cards that get graded, the Mm -hmm. Lemieux rookie gets graded a lot. Um, And I'm not a, you know, I'm not a huge graded card guy, but, you know, I'm aware and I understand and you know PSA puts a puts an estimate on a gem mint version potentially pushing over $11,000. So wow. I mean there've been 48 PSA 10 graded OPG Lemieux. 48. Mm-hmm. There've been 3500 graded and only 48 of them have gotten a 10. Wow. And that's just with PSA. There's other grading people out there. And if you actually look at them, like BCCG, which is the generic Beckett one that yeah. most people don't pay attention to and they consider it an inferior grading scale, 
I mean, there was one of those that sold for like 600 bucks, a, uh, a 10. And there was a KSA one that sold for about nine, 900. And both of those were a couple weeks ago. So that's fairly recent on value. But if you want to reference that, a BGS nine and a half sold for three grand. So in, in that same time frame. So pulling, pulling a 10 and a high grade version of that card are, I mean, it's, it's hard to do. Most common, you're going to find it at about an eight, because um, the vast majority of the ones that have been graded fall in that seven to eight range. Mm. It seems like, and I know the ones that I have, I have three. They're not in the best condition in the world. One of them's way off center. The other two are they're in decent shape, but hey, it's a Lemieux rookie. I mean, these who, are the tops ones you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't want to have a Lemieux rookie? Did I, mean, I trade you that awesome off center one? Uh, no, the two that you gave me are pretty decent. What did I trade you for the Peyton? Two the of Peyton them. Rookie. I traded you two Lemieux rookies. Yeah, you did. No, no, no. It was a one for one. No, it wasn't. It was a one for one. <laughs> one was in really nice shape. The other one wasn't in as good of shape. Uh, I don't know. Because I know I traded a Lemieux rookie to Dave Harrison for... Oh, God. What card was it? It was something newer. I can't remember what it was. It was like a newer but really good rookie card, I think, if I remember. And then I traded... Oh, because that one had a wax stain on the back, and his rookie his uh, blog is called Wax Stain Rookie. So I traded him a Lemieux, with a, wax, a Lemieux rookie with a wax stain on the back. It was a wax stain rookie. So I traded that one to him, uh, more for ir- irony's sake. But uh, he, he sent me something in exchange. I, I forgot what it was. It was a good card. I, I thought I just traded you one for the Peyton. I really thought it was a one for one, but nope. one two for nope, one. Because you were like, you were like, in fact, I'll give you two of them. One's not in that good of shape. And I was huh. like, all right, whatever. Well, I sound like a pretty good friend if I'm just like, here, I'll I'll give you two Lemieux cards. Yeah. Well, that changes the you know that changes the uh, my story now because you know I was I was um, I was I was talking to my family you know a couple weeks ago it was my birthday we went out to dinner and i was talking about my walter payton rookie card and i was just saying oh yeah my my friend tim he i just gave him a lemieux rookie he gave me a payton rookie my uh lemieux rookie wasn't perfect the payton rookie wasn't worth perfect but we didn't care we just each got something we were just both like very happy about and my sister's boyfriend was like great guy big sports guy, really nice guy. And he's just just like, well, you obviously got the better end of the deal because more people know about football than hockey. More people know who Walter Payton is than Mario Lemieux is. And a football card from 76 is going to be worth more than a hockey card from 86. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess Tim gave me a really good deal. But now that I realize that I give you two Lemieux rookie cards for that, I, I, I feel like no tradesies backseat. No, no, no. It should have been like, I'll give you this Peyton and future considerations, <laughs> you know, for that day you come across uh, my Dicker rookie card. And I'll just be like, okay, I'd like to call in my future considerations now. Speaking of future considerations. So did I ever tell you about my, my box bottom story? Uh, about, about is this related that? to 85, 86 box bottoms or are we box going bottom on? story? Yeah. Go so, for it, because I wanted to talk about those, so I'm glad you brought that up. So about 15 years ago, I was at a show. Yeah, it was about 15 years ago. I was at a show, and there was a guy that had all sorts of panel cards and box bottom cards and, and stuff like that at his table. 
And so I was like just shifting through all of them and um, over on the side, not with these, but over on the side, he had some older ones. And of course, there it was, the nice shiny yellow box bottom with the Lemieux in the corner panel. Now, you know, Opeachy does the box bottoms now, but there's nothing on the other side of the card, so they're blank on the back. Back then, though, these cards actually had fronts and backs, and they were numbered. Well, they were lettered Mm. instead of numbered. But there was a Lemieux on one of the cards, or one of the box bottoms, and this guy had it sitting over there for 20 bucks. And the reason why it was 20 bucks is it looked like it had been sitting in the front window of a display case with the sun shining on it for a considerably long amount of time. So it was quite faded. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily care about that, but I looked at it and I looked at it and I wasn't really like, at that time, I wasn't that wasn't on my priority list. And Mm -hmm. I looked at the thing and stared at it for a while and I'm like, I got nothing to store that in. I don't know what I would even put that in. It's going to get all smashed up and it's already faded. And I'm like 20 bucks. eh." And I passed it up and I've never seen one again. That was my one and only time of actually seeing one fully intact. Now I've seen them cut, but that was the first time I've, I ever saw one fully intact on a panel and I turned out, turned away for 20 bucks. And I wish I wouldn't have, but oh well. I don't know, but if they were faded, how how much enjoyment can you really get out of them? Uh, I probably still could have got some enjoyment on. Especially were the cards how the... faded, or was the front of the box faded? Well, it looked like it had it was turned upright, so the the panel of the box was facing out. So mm-hmm. it looked like it had shined, like the sun shined on it, and kind of washed out the coloring. Uh huh. So, so. Yeah, it was still yellow, but it wasn't bright yellow like they normally were. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would have passed on it, too, because it's just like you're you're not going to enjoy it. Like, I'll buy panels that are maybe not mint, and then I'll, like, cut the cards apart as best as I can to get, like, nice copies of the cards. Or sometimes I'll just buy panels just to have the panels. Um, you know, I try to get the panels and also the, um, the you know, them individual and then them together. And if you think about it, if you think about it, box bottom cards are like the short prints of the 80s, right? Because you only got four per box. Good point. Mind blown, right? I mean, because you had your inserts, your sticker inserts, one per pack, and you had your normal cards. But then if you think about it, if you only get, that's like you only getting one, if Opeachy was 48 per pack, that's like getting one box bottom for every 12 and for tops, that would be like getting one box bottom every nine pack. So, yeah, it's like a short print, you know? It's uh, only way more condition sensitive. Oh, yeah, of course. Because uh. those boxes take a beating and it cuts into the borders of the cards. That's why I like how Peachy usually does them is they, they kind of bring the, bring the edges in a little bit. Yeah. So, it's a little, so the box really has to be damaged in order for the card image to actually get creased or something like that but you uh, know what's one one thing that's funny is that because 
a lot of packs have been opened, you know, even in the past 10 or 15 years of 85, 86 product because of that Lemieux rookie card, you end up with a lot of the sticker sets on the secondary market for like really cheap. Cause I think I got like a complete 85, 86 sticker, the 33 card sticker set or 33 sticker set for something nuts, like $5 or something. And I even remember seeing it back in the day for like, $5.95, $6.95 through like a mail order catalog because obviously they were breaking tons of the stuff to try to get like a Lemieux rookie and then they'd end up with all these like, you know, you'd almost get like a full sticker set in every box. You're talking the All-Stars and the team logos? Yeah, I mean the okay. All-Stars, there's a Gretzky there's a Gretzky sticker so it's, you know, that's desirable. I mean Gretzky and Curry and Ray Bork and Coffee, John O'Grodnick was a damn good player in the, the 80s. He was a consistent all-star. John Tonelli, Dale Howarchuk, Mike Bossy, Rod Langway, Doug Wilson, and our boy Tom Barrasso back when he was with the Sabres. See, I remember many of those actually using the helmet stickers on all of my hockey equipment. Taking uh, off the little pucks for every goal you score and you stick it on your helmet. Yeah, so you used about four of those puck stickers, right? Oh, only three. Only three? Yeah. I peeled uh, off a fourth, but it was waved off. <laughs> did you kick it in goaltender interference goaltender interference crashed the net yeah so um you know one other thing i want to point out about these uh stickers is that there are variants of a lot of them where either the logos above the numbers or vice versa which most people don't care I don't know, until you run out of things to collect and you start getting into these like really esoteric variations where I'll be like, oh, this is the one where it's the logo, then the numbers. Oh, this is the one where it's the numbers, then the logo, you know, because when you already have the set, then you start looking for those weird little variations. And so that's just one that's actually kind of obvious. Never thought too hard about it until maybe the last five years when I started like, like when I just kind of noticed the differences and then I just said, Huh, I should try to get both versions. Totally unrelated but related. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been logging cards using trading card database. Mm-hmm. Which is tedious, but it's it's working. And I started with my pirates collection. Uh-huh. Because for some reason people always want to trade me baseball cards. So um but anyway, I was looking at ninety one Donruss and there's three different variations of every card. What? And it's kind of like what you're saying. On the back, where it has the copyright, it'll yep. have copyright 1991, and it'll say Leaf mm-hmm. Ink. And some of them say Leaf Ink with a period. Some of them say Link Leaf Ink without the period. And then there's a factory set with a border variant, where the weird border design that 91 Donruss used. Mm-hmm there'd be something slightly different about the front border and like maybe the line that goes crisscross this way would be the other direction and like the little washed out part in this corner would really be on the other corner and so there's three different versions of every single one of the cards and i noticed that and i'm like why are there all these variants and so i started clicking on them and reading all the different descriptions and i'm going you mean to tell me I have to sit here and look at every one of these? So I'm I'm checking the back and I'm trying to see this little little tiny period in the copyright. And I'm like, I'm too old to be looking at this stuff. <laughs> was the uh, 91 Donruss baseball, was that the red borders? 
No, that was 90. 91 was where Series 1 was blue and Series 2 was green. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were awful. <laughs> well, I, okay. I, you know, as, as much as I want to say, you know, dot, uh, Leaf, Leaf Ink, you know, like, okay, that is, as much as I want to say that's lame, at the same time, I'm trying to put together a master set of 74, 75 Tops Hockey insert stickers, which had like, um, a team name on a flag, like a pennant, and then a logo sticker. And then on the bottom with the copyright, there's either one asterisk or two asterisks. Because mm. that's just where it was located on the sheet when they cut them apart. And yeah. I'm like... A lot of top sets do the same thing. And so I started like obsessing a little bit over that, where I'm like, even with like the 9091 Bowman hat trick set, like... Some have one asterisk, some have two asterisks, and I've been trying to put together a master set. Why? I don't know. I guess when you just have a, a shit ton of them, you're like, well, I might as well see if I have all the variations, right? Because I have about 100 doubles, right? And of course, I don't have all the variations. So then it's like, well, do yeah. I not collect this? Or do I just say, okay, I really need a Steve Eiserman, but it's going to have two asterisks or no deal. Yeah. In the case of the Pirates ones that I was looking at today, they were... See, I'm taking, like, as I'm putting, as I'm finding the cards and putting them together, I'm trying to see if I have a team set. Uh -huh. So I was going to throw these all in together and make a team set. So instead of one, I now have three different team bags. <laughs> one's for the ones with the period, one's for the ones without the period, and one for the factory variant. Puts like, the lotion uh, in the basket. So stupid. But yeah, same thing. I've seen tops like that, too, in other years where down at the bottom, there'll be like a star. And some of them, the star is filled in. Some of them, it's empty in the middle. Some of them have like a star F. Some of them don't have the F. Some of them have a T. I mean, it's just, it's, it's uh, just printer, weird printer things. And I don't like that as, I don't really count those as variations. Like if, oh, there wasn't enough ink applied to this. And so, you know, the first letter looks like an I instead of an L or whatever. It's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about that. That to me, that's like a printer flaw, you know, like. But, but if it was mass produced and there's a whole host of them that are like that, but the majority of them aren't, it's going to get picked up that way. Of course. And of course. They'll, they'll be that purist out there that'll be like, ha, huh, you don't have that card. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like I get into this argument all the time with people about Pro Set, 9091 Pro Set cards. Like some guy, like he emailed me and he asked me like a Pro Set question and I didn't respond to him right away. And then um, like a day later, he like got back to me. OK, because I was thinking about it and he got back to me and he's like, well, if you don't know a lot about these cards, that's OK. I understand. And I'm like, buddy, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> You know, but, uh, apparently but he, didn't. he didn't, but you know, I'm like, I said, you know what? I said, these so-called Stanley cup variations on these pro set cards, that is from a defective roller when the cards were rolling on the sheet, you know, and it scuffed the surface of the card. So of course it's going to have kind of like a cylindrical shape on it, but everybody's like, Oh, it looks like the Stanley cup. It's just like, you know, and yeah, Jesus is burnt into my toast, right? Jesus is burned into my toast. Right. I mean, it's just like, you know, so I'm going to sell it for more money. It's just, I, no, I think like, you know, if it's like 
there's too much ink applied to this card. There's not enough ink applied to this card. Uh, the the print roller did a crazy thing and scuffed this card. It's just like to me that's not a variation. That's like a flaw. Just like a stained card is a flaw. Maybe one day somebody will build a, a whole set of eighty five eighty six tops uh, with because the stains would be on the back of these cards. And I think with the OPG, the stains would be on the front, and they're not as noticeable on the front. So maybe I know a, there's a guy out there doing 87 tops baseball. He's building an entire set of wax stained. Oh ones. my god, that so, would be yeah. not too hard to do, considering that there's about a billion 87 tops baseball cards out there. Well, the last few years is, just, I mean, there's still a billion, but a lot of people are just throwing them in the garbage. So. Yeah, I mean, I wish they'd get a little more creative. At least send them to that guy who does those mosaics. You know, he could use them for something. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. He did a Lemieux rookie mosaic. I've seen that one. Yeah, that's beauty right there. If I had the if I had the funds and the wall space, I'd be like, yo, you got to make me a 9091, uh, I don't know, take your pick with the Dave Manson error card. There you go. <laughs> I've got the wall space, but because I have the wall space, I don't have the funds. So yeah, no, I understand. Um, so anything else you want to say about uh, eighty five, eighty six tops or OPG before we wrap this uh, this exciting episode up? Uh, that's that's about all I have to say to that. Um, you know, anybody out there, if you got a couple of spare Lemieux rookies, uh, you can send them my way. I, I can't trade you a Walter Payton, but I can. Find something else. Yeah, hold out for two Walter Paytons. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, likewise, if you have any of the box bottom cards, I I actually don't have any of the box bottom cards from this from either set, which is surprising because I figured I would have had them by now. And every now and then, I surprise myself with things that I don't have. Well, that surprises me. Yeah, I mean, I you know, because I'll say, oh yeah, I pretty much have every hockey card from 1980 to 1990, but it's like, no, I really don't, because if I don't have the box bottom cards, then, you know, it's just not, you know, I. But I have a hard time paying. Like, I don't want to pay Lemieux rookie card money for that box bottom card, even yeah. though it's a short print. It's still not a. It's not a rookie card. B. So what? You know what I mean? It's not. It's not the card that 90% of the collectors or investors really want, right? Like, you have to be, like, really, really into it, I guess, right? I don't know. I'd be interested to know what you guys think of box bottom cards, like, from back in the day or even today. I will tell you what I've done with my box bottoms. They now line the wall of my card closet, almost like a center border going around. Interesting. Like, are they yeah. in frames or are they just taped to the wall or... They're in, uh, what are those, 5 by 7 top loaders? Oh, the top loaders, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, those are, uh, those are nice for that, yeah. I think, like, just in closing, uh, obviously, 85-86 was an important year because of the Lemieux rookie card, I mean, also, and because there were really only two hockey sets that year. I mean, there's also the 7-Eleven credit cards, which I guess we could talk about another day when we talk about, like, weird, random, like, 80s cards but uh really i have that one it's a good with, set with lemieux and mike bullard mike bullard yeah and then there's also the uh 8586 hockey sticker set yes but it's you know as far as card collecting though that was that was really it that year i mean maybe there was another like one-off type of set but um 
I mean, you know, I, I guess it's as important to have as, as a set if you're a card collector and you're trying to, you know, get all the sets from every year, then really it's 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 those two sets. Obviously, the Opeachy set is a little nicer because it has more cards. And uh, actually, it's about like those last 99 cards are about two-thirds Canadian teams and one-third um, American teams. It's actually funny. There's two Blackhawk... There's three Blackhawk goalie cards in those last 99 cards. There's a Bob Sove card where they airbrushed a Blackhawk jersey on him. There's a Warren Skorodensky card. And then there's another Warren Skorodensky card for like rookie rookie goaltending leaders or something like that. Hmm. There's actually quite a few, like, you know, few extra penguins and few extra Blackhawks and few extra whatever. But those last 99 cards found only in the Opeachy set are really just, um, or, or they're like two thirds Canadian teams. Oh, Brian Hayward's rookie card is in there too. That's right. Can't forget about Brian Hayward. So yeah, Brian Hayward's rookie cards in there. Um, it's a good set. If you have any box bottoms, send them to me. Um, Otherwise, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think we'll just wrap this one up. You know, thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. Uh, if you like this show, please be sure to like and subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere now from iTunes and Google Play Music to iHeartRadio and Spotify. Uh, also, if you want to support this show, consider buying a T-shirt from shop.puckjunk.com. And uh, until next time, thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. Peace out. Peace out. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at Puck Junk.